0: This is the Decoding Obesity Podcast, where we simplify, demystify, and decode obesity, helping you lose weight and feel great. So gear up for a fascinating journey through this ever-evolving field, and let's see what we find. And please remember that the thoughts and opinions on this podcast do not constitute medical advice. Don't forget to visit our website, www.decodingobesity.com, for show notes and more info, and now, here's your host of the Decoding Obesity Podcast, Dr. Avishkar Sabarwal.
1: Hello, my friends. Before we begin, I just want to remind you all to please hit the subscribe button wherever you're listening. This way, you can get notified as soon as the new episodes are released. Welcome again to this episode of the Decoding Obesity Podcast. It's time for another amazing and inspirational story. My guest today is Chef Gino West. We met over a webinar actually for physicians where he was teaching us how to cook at home and his passion for healthy cooking really shows through his methods. He is the owner of Prepped Wellness, which is a meal prep company operating in Youngstown, Ohio, with a mission to deliver healthy and fresh meals to its customers. Let's bring him on. Welcome, Gino.
2: Hello, hello. Again, thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I'm super excited about this, this whole entire podcast. Ever since I've started my journey and everything like that, I've pretty much only done exclusive video stuff, so I'm really excited. This is my second podcast uh, that I've been asked to do, so I'm very, very excited to just tell my story and how I kind of ended up where I am and hopefully inspire and influence as many people as I can. So thank you again for having me on.
1: This is great. Yeah, I'm so excited to have you. Well, uh, let's just dive into your story then. I mean, when did your weight really become an issue? I was going through your website. Honestly, when I actually attended that webinar, I never could have imagined that you at one point in time would have been at a higher weight. And so tell us about that. When did your weight really become an issue for you?
2: Yeah, so I'll just back up. So I'm 100% Italian. So with that right there, you know, people, Italian food, 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 food is love. And I grew up with women. So, my mother, my aunts, my grandmother, like my nona, you know, all that. It's just my mom's boy. Like, I just always attached myself to them. So, no matter what, you know, in any environment, it was always just like, feed them, feed them, feed them, feed them, feed them. So, then, you know, my mom, even if she tried to express any type of portion control for her kids, because my mother was taking care of my great-grandmother as we were growing up at a very young age. My great-grandmother mama would fight with her and say, no, no, no. So I just got to a point where she would just let her do what she wanted. So at a very young age, I mean, I would say, you know, five, six years old. I mean, I struggled with obesity pretty much through my whole entire life. It was very early on in my life because that's just how the culture was and just how I was raised. And like, even if there was any type of anyone combating against it. It just, it wasn't the way it was, you know, the boys, you know, the women, my nonna, like they love their boys. So they want to do whatever they can. And the way to make (laughs) them happy is by feeding them. Right. And it just pretty much just, you know, spiraled. And then before you know it, like I'm getting in my teenage years and whatnot like that, and just keep getting bigger and bigger and bigger. Right. That's pretty much my whole childhood, you know, teenage until, you know, I started my whole like change of lifestyle
1: yeah so did you ever feel self-conscious that you know you're on a heavier side but your friends or whatever are not as heavy as you are
2: so i was always aware of just kind of like you know how i looked the weight clothes sizes all that kind of stuff you know but you know, I'm a very personal person. I'm super outgoing, you know, like, so I, I was always friends with everybody in school. So there was never really, I mean, there was a couple, you know, fat jokes here and there that got thrown at me, but it was never an issue, especially on like an emotional level. Right. So I didn't really understand the physical part of it, especially at that age. So I right. really wasn't necessarily aware of of the potential of how I was damaging myself until like way after, you know right. what Because I, mean? like, I didn't deal with the making, being made fun of. I didn't deal with any of that like emotional trauma sure. of being overweight, you know what I mean? And then again, and in, in turn, you know, when I decided to make the change, it was completely for myself, you know what I mean? I wanted that.
1: Sure. So what changed? What was that moment that made you change?
2: So I remember it fairly, fairly clear. It was May 2007. My sister, I have a younger sister, she got approved for a bariatric lap band surgery. So at that point I got on the scale, I'm like, all right, I'm 350 pounds. Wow. I'm like, something has to change here. Like I like to dress nice, you know, I'm having to buy like, you know, wearing like pants, 44, like double X, like three X, like shirts, you know, I'm like, something has to change here. So then at that point is, and this is what I like try to like influence and inspire other people like to just be able to like, you know, start that sustainable lifestyle change this internal like snap that has to happen. It's like a switch. Because prior to that, my mind wasn't aware of what was even happening. So up until that point. So then when that happened, so there was like a few things that that came into play. It was like my sister being my younger sister. So there was like this competitive factor that was involved. And then also that internal need that I wanted to actually make that change for myself. So then right there, May 17th, I'm like, boom, let's go. Like it's time. So yeah, that's kind of when the start of my journey happened.
1: So what did you try? I mean, what did you really do about this? How did you start your journey towards a healthier self?
2: So the good thing, especially at that point, like I had my aunt Dee on my side. She was very conscious about just her lifestyle habits, you know. So I had a nice like influence backbone if I had any questions about anything. But it's like when I tell people and talk to them, like, how did you know how to do it? It's like we all kind of understand, even though it's perspective. We still have an idea what is good and bad as far as like what we're putting into ourselves, you know. So how I started it, like I lost 140 pounds in a year and a half.
0: Wow. Very
2: healthy, you know, one to three, three to four pounds a week, consistently, very maintainable, very sustainable. And it enabled me now to be able to keep doing it, you know, 15 years later or so, you know without any knowledge i had no knowledge of anything like after you know that that's what i pursued my career in dietetics all that stuff i learned all like the science stuff after i did it so i pretty much was like okay chicken salads and like anything just is clean to my knowledge that i knew at that point but i still enabled myself to make my family happy because i gave myself one cheat day that was every sunday i would just eat <laughs> whatever my nonna threw at me one day a week so then i'm eating you know, clean. And just to my knowledge at that point, you know, I mean, it completely evolved. And I just pretty much just put myself on a pretty strict regimen, like during the week. And then I still gave myself that cheat day. I still right. gave myself that cheat day. So then that enabled me to be able to sustain that for a very, you know, for a very long time. Then, Like I said, before I knew it, you know, I'm 140 pounds lighter. You know, I just right. saw all these different phases of myself, me evolving right. into this better version of myself, just by like, you know, for lack of better terms, not eating like an idiot, you know? And it's just, like I said, like I gave myself that one cheat day, I moderated and that's how I show people how to do it now. And that's what I've created with my company. It's like, dude, I can set you completely up, you know, where you're eating really well, really clean, really sustainable. And then you can moderate your cheat days. If you want to go out to a restaurant with your significant other, if you want to like, you know, eat your cheesecake on a Saturday or Sunday, you know, you you can still moderate it. So you're breaking that monotony up. And like, again, Right. After a while, like, even after I lost the weight, even a couple of years after, my cheat days, like, dwindled down where I wasn't cheating once a week. I was cheating, like, once a month, and then the once a month, like, changed to, like, just the holidays, and then, you know. So, right. yeah, it was definitely a, a really cool experience to witness, and then to where I can shed light on the people that are, like, trying to do it.
1: Right. So, did you have any previous diet attempts that you had and which would have failed or it was just like a simple, straightforward journey for you with your diet changes?
2: Uh, So I guess, you know, as far as like the diets, you know, I was never really necessarily in, even at the early beginning phases, you know, I was never into just like fad diets because again, there's not a lot of education behind it. Right. It's just like do this and then you'll be, you'll be fine. Right. You know, so there's not a lot of like backup to it and it just doesn't like form sustainability. I guess, you know, in a lifestyle change, okay, I always knew I had to make a lifestyle change. Mm-hmm. You know, it's all like your mind, it's your thought process, right? So it's like, people will think, they'll be like, hey, I just need to drop 15 pounds. Okay, so what's going to happen after the 15 pounds? You know what I mean? Like me, I knew it's like, okay, there wasn't a stopping point. I didn't really say like, hey, I have to lose this much weight. I'm like, let me just keep going until I get where I know I'm healthy. I like I'm living and I'm walking these steps of like an actual lifestyle change. It's not like, okay, I just need to lose this. And that was the problem with the fat diets. Like, I tried different things. You know, I tried just, like, you know, proteins and just, like, vegetable. And then I, I did I did an all-raw thing before, you know, because uh, I'm really into nutrigenomics. like, a lot of sure. colleagues of mine and, you know, Dr. Michelle, like, we're just we're super into nutrigenomics. Like, how, our genetic code, it's like, that's the map of our diet, like, and what we need to eat and what works with us, you know. And, like, and I was able to figure out what works best with my diet, you know. And I've always known I've been lactose intolerant. You know, that's why everything that I provide is dairy-free and gluten-free because I just feel like there's – no one should be really eating dairy, but that's just – that's a whole other subject. But, you know, <laughs> the gut health's huge. You know, it's like paying attention to myself. You know, it's like I do really well with raw food, so I try to eat predominantly more raw stuff than I do, like, cook things. My genetics doesn't do well with high-fat food. I'm sure over time it has definitely evolved, you know, like just – because of what I've been doing over the past, you know, 10, 15 years now. But just like, you know, I, I would try different things just to educate myself on it. So I never had to like, really put myself in that position, because like I kind of had this weird, like insight on just like sustainability, I guess. And like, I would just try different things where I'm like, okay, let's do a lot of protein. Like, okay, I'm lifting a lot right now. So let's do a lot of protein, you know, and then I just kind of figured out, what my gut health needs what makes me feel really well energized flat like just good you know clear minded sure. you know because foods can bog people down a lot i mean yeah. it's like
1: so you work just kind of listening to your body and
2: yeah and yeah i that. just try to really pay attention to my body and like what works with me right. and not based off of like you know a template you know it's like You're guaranteed to lose 20 pounds. Okay, everybody has a different genetic makeup. Like just because it worked for one person doesn't mean it works for the next. And that's kind of like how I took it and kind of like evolved myself was I just like kind of paid attention to my own like gut health. Because I've always had stomach issues growing up. And that got better as I was getting older. You know, no one knew what was going on because my family didn't know. Like, you know, anything about anything. It's just like, sure. you know, they didn't know I was lactose intolerant. And I'm like, my yeah. one is trying to feed me ice cream, <laughs> you know, like, or like anything like that. They, they didn't know I had a fat absorption issue. Like, you know, so they're just feeding me whatever, you know? So it's like, and again, it's my evolution and me paying attention to myself I was able to kind of figure that out, you know? And then I got, you know, a few of my, like, genomics tests and stuff like that. So, which, you know, kind of gives you that good old blueprint, you know what I mean? But yeah, yeah. yeah, So, it's just like, you know, to answer your question, not to, I just never really fell into a lot. I tried some stuff, but it was more like trying to make myself feel the best I can. You know what I mean? Yeah.
1: Yeah, makes sense. So, how did your obesity play into you becoming a chef?
2: I think the biggest thing, especially, so again, so with me growing up with women that cooked <laughs> really gave me this natural ability to like be just good at cooking, you know, improvising. So then also too, it's like a multi-level. So there was that. And then also my family in particular, they had this huge, like uh, hosting power where they loved to take care of people. So I absorbed a lot of that, which makes me do what I do now, you know? So there was that too. So in a kitchen, my whole entire life, growing up. And then also that natural way to comfort people and just host people and just always like, you know, it's like my Nona, she makes something new. She'll give me it and like stare at me be like, <laughs> is it good? Is it good? You know? And I do the same thing with, with people. I need new recipes. Like I'm always very, very particular just how I do stuff. So there was like that background that I had, it was indirect, you know, that was just like in my blood. I couldn't, I whether or not if I tried to, <laughs> it just, that, that just wouldn't have went away because <laughs> right. that was just there. So then as my um, lifestyle changed and then I still had that is where my cooking ability evolved with culinary background, with just, you know, like classes, and, you know, stuff like that with food and culture. I have a background in food and culture, you know, again, attached with my dietetic degree, you know, all that different learning different cultures and just being able to absorb different like uh, cooking techniques. You know, I was able to now change the game on how people define healthy food. Right. Cause like a lot of the times, especially like, you know, within the last 10 years, there's this uh, weird Lingering negative energy, you know, healthy food. If I have to eat healthy and meal prep, it's broiled chicken and steamed broccoli. That's it. No, that's not the case at all. I'm hitting five parts of the world on every recipe that I'm cooking, you know. So, like, again, like that's where I was able to evolve. And also with my, you know, with the culinary background, I was able to take specific techniques, you know, and have that understanding my family like give my family a lot of props where i'm at today like my family doesn't cook unhealthy you know they just cook what they know you know what i mean so there's just a a lot of carbs that you know involved with it you know it's like and then now thankfully i remember when i first went to dentist school it was 2012 i mean this is like you know the gluten-free stuff remember my first class is medical nutrition therapy we were were like testing gluten-free because we were talking about celiac so like they were bad. There's only like one or two companies out there and they was just specifically driven for medical purposes. That was it. It's like, okay, cool. We have an X amount of percentage of celiac within the United States. So let's you know just pump out this much like just for them, right? It wasn't like this world, like this worldwide like gluten intolerance thing. You know what I mean? So it was bad. But nowadays that has completely changed to where like, I'm getting like quinoa brown rice pasta and I'm able to manipulate them to where people are like, I missed pasta. I'm like, dude, you're getting like completely sustainable and complex carbohydrates. You know what I mean? You're not getting all this crazy starch and you're still able to eat. Like two menus ago, I put like a pasta, like puttanesca on there. It's like a nice traditional, like Northern like Italian recipe. And it's like, you know, capers and olives and like fresh tomatoes. And, and people were able to still enjoy the stuff that they weren't able to. And they're still eating like super clean and super portion. So it was nice to like, like I said, like that just with me being able to merge both, like, you know, qualities of myself, you know, one aspect to, you know, be able to want to take care of people and, and, and just love people and want to see people be better. I love that. It's like I, I never had to do anything when I was growing up. My mom, my aunts, my normal, like did it for me. So it's like, now I enjoy doing that for other people. You know, that's my joy. That's my happiness. I, I, I mean, that's why my business is going so well, it's because like, I'm in it for the person. And it's just like, and that's again, where like, I can try different things out too. It's like, you know, my girlfriend, like she's borderline celiac i mean she probably almost i mean with we're going to test in two weeks you know so i'm able to like do things for her that she's unable to enjoy like i can alter anything and so that's again where my culinary background and then my dietetic background like put myself to be able to merge the two to just create a really you know sustainable environment for not only myself because i'm doing it already but for people too
1: sure so how do you manage your temptations around all those crazy foods that are out there right as a chef it's so difficult
2: So there gets to a point, you know, one, like our minds change, our palates change, our guts change, you know, everything changes, especially being a chef and then, you know, having the background that I have, you know, you tend to be a little picky in a sense. So, and also too, me eating as clean as I do, I kind of have an idea, you know, what happens in other environments, you know what I mean? So there's not like my biggest, I guess, temptation is like my sweet tooth. You know, that's like the biggest thing. Cause I was never like, I don't eat fried foods. I never was a big fried food person. Even now, if I eat anything fried, my stomach just turns, like just cramps, turns. And, you know, so it's like, why would I want to put myself through misery? I know what dairy does to me. So why combat it? I mean, like, you know, it's like, okay, do I want to feel like good or I want to feel like really, really, really crappy so I can, you know. I'm never really a big cheese guy anyway. So it's like I can kind of get around that, you know. So the biggest thing, I guess, is like the sweets, you know. And it's not even necessarily like I loved like candy, stuff like that, like sweets and, and you know, junk food. And my biggest thing, I guess, how I get around it is I just don't buy it. I just don't buy it. You know, <laughs> if it's not there, I'm not even thinking of it. It's like, so you know how like horses, when they're like on like main roads, they have those blinders on yeah that's just kind of how it is for me it's like my <laughs> blinders are just like always on so then like if i see like you know i guess in the beginning phases you know like a fast food place or something like that i just would have my blinders on and not even like realize it's there and it's like now at this point i mean it's not even enough in, in my thought process like oh let mm-hmm. me stop at this fast food place and just oh, i can get this like no it's not even there i mean right. at all even like after a certain point too like now I'm just, I'm so invested, That it's just, it's just what it is, you know? Right. So even if I would be going out with people to a restaurant, I know how to pick apart that restaurant. And I also know what to say to keep things how I relatively need them. You know what I mean? Right. For, for my.
1: So it's kind of like knowing your body and ordering what you think would yeah, be right yeah. for your body.
2: Yeah. Like, cause people, I mean, a lot, a lot of times yeah. people are just, you know, they're insecure and they're kind of scared to, to kind of say something to like a waiter. So I'm going to say it. Like I'm lactose intolerant. Like I have this allergy. Like they 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 can't give it to you. You know. So it's like just say a certain. Speak up. Just say a certain things. You can get around it. And that's what I was able to do. It's like if I ever go out, I know the industry. So it's like I just know. Like hey, just like keep it. And I know how you know. It's like sometimes if you're like say an Italian restaurant you know, they'll put cheese in their sauce. So it's like, I'll just get something with like oil and garlic or something. You know what I mean? I just know how to like alter it. Sometimes I get annoyed, but you know, it's, okay. it's, like, I mean,
1: it's like, whatever. So, you know, you're a chef. So why don't you share um, a simple, healthy recipe with our listeners so that something that they can make at home?
2: So I love soups. I love stews. I like guess the perfect season for it. it's like cold out. like, And I made this like a white bean stew tonight and super easy super simple super fresh super fast you can make like big batches of it freeze it i mean like the longer that stuff marinates the better it tastes you know, it's a soup and it pretty much it's just you know if you guys are listening it's any type of bean whether it's white beans cannellini beans which are part of the white bean you can do kidney beans anything like that of your preference celery some veggie stock a little salt if you're on the salt thing no salt's fine too black pepper a little cumin a little paprika, fresh lemon, some lemon zest. And then the last thing you're going to put in that is crushed tomatoes. And after that, you just let it simmer, let it hang out there for a couple hours and and you're set. Super sustainable, clean, delicious. I guarantee you almost everybody will love that, you know, and it's plant-based, which is great. So you're getting, you're getting, you know, it's super complex. You're getting proteins from the beans and carbs from the beans. It's lower in fat because, you know, there's no oil. That's nice. Yeah. That's a really, really nice recipe.
1: That's cool. Yeah, that's a very simple, straightforward recipe. And obviously, beans are very hearty. I love beans, all types yeah. of beans. Oh, yeah. So yeah, that's that's really cool. I'm definitely going to try this. Yeah, you got to try it. It's so good. <laughs> definitely. <laughs> so tell us about Prep Wellness. What do you do there and how do you help people?
2: So Prep Wellness, again, like anything in life, it's like, uh, you know, that evolves as well to where I'm at now. So at first, so I graduated with my dietetic in 2015. And I knew... I never really wanted to necessarily put myself like in a nursing home. I never want to put myself in a hospital. I really, really, really enjoyed the focus of like, you know, integrative therapy. Like how can I get someone to change their lifestyle before anything bad happens? Like really bad, you know, to, to, the, to a point to where a, they're like, you know, elderly or they're non compliant or they're just so far into, you know what I mean? So it's like, how can I, you know, catch it before anything happens? You know, I'm like, food you know it's all food all food i mean it's what i've been through it's what i've I've been like learning it's what i've just been evolving to get food so i'm like how can i create a process where i do all the shopping all the cooking and all they have to do is eat it's realistic it's cost effective it's sustainable and they don't have to do one thing you have to think about it all i do is like it's like eating eat all good is eat that's it you know so i was like Okay, let me start. You know, a company pretty much based off that. You know, so I started off prep bonus doing just solely in house. I was pretty much like a personalized in house like lifestyle chef. So I'd I'd come to your house once a week. I'd come with all the groceries. I'd prep all your meals for five, six, seven days. You'd eat it. I'd come back to folding a week. Boom, we just kept going. So. That was more fantastic. I was, you know, helping a lot of people out. But the only issue was, is I couldn't clone myself. So I got to <laughs> a point. I was doing like at my busiest point, I was on like twenty houses a week. You know, oh, wow. and I'm driving all over the place. Like you know, some clients in PA, some clients out in Ohio. I'm trying to like just manage like the max I can do is like because I'm just myself. You know, I can like, only do like maybe three houses a day. Sure, if it's one person, maybe pushing four houses. You know, but that's like an insanely long day of
1: going of all
2: over the place. So like, you know, something kind of has to, it stopped me from reaching out to a lot of people, which, you know, right. in, the, in the end, I mean, that's what I wanted to be. I wanted to be able to just reach out to as many people as possible. And with my cooking skills, my comforting personalities where people would just, you know, let me in their homes. Cause that's huge, you know? And then also yeah. my knowledge of just food and, you know, and, and, and dietetics of just being able to help people change, wasn't able to be duplicated i was there was no way for me to find that second version of me so i'm like all right what's like what's my next step you know so i'm talking to a couple of my buddies my business buddies and they're like dude just get a commercial kitchen and scale it scale your business get a commercial kitchen so then two years ago i decided to get a commercial kitchen and scale prep wellness and then so then what that did was it enabled me to reach out to an unlimited amount of people within my area, you know, and still keep, you know, it's like everything's fresh, nothing's frozen. I'm still able to do my own thing and just train people under my roof. Right. You know, that's way easier than having somebody, you know, trying to train someone to go to someone's house and like tell you, because know, I'm still the front man. I'm still there. I'm still like the face of prep wellness. I'm still talking to people directly. It's still super personal. People ask me questions, blah, blah, this, that, and the other. It's like I'm still there, right there with them. But I can now train my chefs, my packers, my this, my that, you know, to now replicate and mimic my brand, my product. So that way my quality still stays. Now I can just, you know, I keep everything internal. You know, I have four delivery drivers. I'm covering five counties, like, you know, all this kind of stuff. So then that was able to just completely evolve to a whole other level.
1: Do you do it just locally or do you do nationally also?
2: So it's completely, it's local. Well, local ish, I would say. So I cover pretty much like, it's like a 50 mile radius, you know. So like in my area, so I'm in Youngstown, so it's Mahoney County. So I cover Mahoney County. I cover Trumbull County, Columbiana County, I'm in PA, so I do Mercer County, Lawrence County, dabbling a little bit in Allegheny County. So then now, you know, that's pretty much my coverage area because I knew it's all these big box companies and people that ship. You know, the moment you ship anything, like food-wise, the quality just depreciates probably by a quarter, you know, 25%, you know what I mean? There's so much different things you have to do. So you know, so like if I were to even scale this thing bigger, I would just open up other hubs in other states. So then, but yeah, pretty much now you know, just with me with the whole commercial kitchen thing, you know, I'm able to still reach out to a very, very wide range of population with my drivers. You know, which which is, wow. which is nice. Yeah.
1: No, that's truly really inspirational. Yeah. I mean, this is really inspirational. There's such an inspirational story you have, uh, thank Gino. You, thank you, thank you, Yeah, listeners, don't forget to drop us a review or a comment if you have one. And if there's any specific topic that you would like me to discuss here, please do let me know. You can write me to host at tcodingobesity.com and do subscribe for more inspiring stories like this one in the future. That's all we have time for today. I'm afraid we're out of time. Thank you so much again, Gino, for sharing your story. Thank and you. thank you everyone for listening in. I'll see you all next time.
0: You've been listening to the Decoding Obesity Podcast. Please remember, the information in this podcast should not be used in any legal capacity whatsoever. The thoughts and opinions expressed on this podcast are solely of the host and his guests and do not constitute medical advice. Views and opinions on this show do not necessarily represent the views and opinions of any organization. And that brings us to the end of the show. Thank you so much for listening in. Don't forget to visit our website, www.decodingobesity.com for show notes and more info. And if you've enjoyed this episode, please feel free to rate, review, and subscribe on your preferred podcast listening platform. We really appreciate that effort. Until next time.